0: Hi and welcome to The Literary Sipper. I'm Amber V.D. Hill, your host. Today we're going to talk about the end of summer, little update, a halfway book list check-in, and whatever else crosses my mind as we wind down this season and start into the fall. Well, welcome. I know I haven't been back in a couple of weeks, but here I am. Life has been pretty crazy in the summer. And we did get to do a little vacation, quick vacation to Vancouver and Canada, not Vancouver, Washington, but Vancouver, Canada, and British Columbia. And I wanted to point out one of the best bookstores I have ever been to. And I do not say that lightly. I've been to many, many, many amazing independent bookstores. But Jennifer Kim, who's the owner of Neuron which is a bookstore on Granville Island in Vancouver, has created one of the most beautiful, light-filled bookstores that I have ever been in. It is multicultural. It has a focus on global literature. It is absolutely beautiful. The setup is beautiful. The book choices that she makes are stunning. The end papers are all things you want to see on your shelf or on your coffee table. There are so many Works in translation. There are children's books, travel books, of course, literature of all kinds. My sons got the manga of their dreams, plus tons and tons of art books based on anime styles. Um, I picked up Rick Rubin's book, A Creative Act, which I'm excited to jump into. But it was just a special, special place. And I found myself returning. I I went once just by myself and then I brought my older son Finn back and then I brought my husband and other son in as well. I got to speak with Jennifer, who is just lovely and so gracious and helpful and knowledgeable about the choices that she made for her store and also what she would recommend for you to read. So if you are in Vancouver, I highly recommend it. Again, it's called Noorongji, uh N-O-O-R-O-O-N-G-J-I, which does mean scorched rice. Um, and it's a comfort food of sorts in Korea. And this has the feeling, it's hard to explain. It is an incredibly comfortable store. You just want to spend hours and hours in there. But at the same time, it is so curated. You feel like you're in an art gallery as well. So I don't know how she was able to marry those two things together, but she does it with grace and style. And congratulations to her because it really is a special place. So go there and tell her that Amber sent you from the literary sipper. Um But today I wanted to do a little bit of a halfway check-in on my yearly book list. As many of you know, I kind of take the number of years, it's 2023, so I take 23, and I try to read 23 books in 2023. Um, This year, I have done that, and then some, already in August. I think I have read almost 30 books right now. I'm finishing up a book called Refuse to Be Done by Matt Bell, which I I will talk about in a later episode because I think it's one of the best craft books I've read in a while. But I'm already, you know, at the 30 mark and I don't know what's different this year than last year, for example. But I think one thing that I've done this year that I didn't do last year um, is form these sort of mini book clubs with friends. So rather than doing like one, joining one book club and you meet once a month with, you know, maybe 20 people at the library, or maybe you and some friends, you know, are pretty good at setting times to meet maybe once a quarter or once a month to talk about books in a large group setting. I have found that really hard to fit into my schedule lately. But what I have done, and I have talked about this in the past, is I have, Sort of said to one friend, let's both read this book together. And we will meet either via Zoom, maybe via text, maybe um, just talk on the phone, like old fashioned 70s children we are, and talk about this book and have a point to our conversation in addition to just checking in and seeing how we are. And I have found that that has been a really wonderful way. To get more reading in, um, and also I can have multiple books going at the same time, and also a little bit of a time pressure um, because I don't want to fall behind, and I don't want some one waiting for me. Um, it's better for me to say, "Oh, I'm on page seventy-five, so call me when you get there." But in addition to audiobooks, which I spoke about last year as being integral to my ability to read um, so many books during a year the idea of the mini book club this year has really also propelled me forward. And so some friends from boarding school um, and I, we all met in Healdsburg, California, where one of my best friends has a um, winery called Cartograph Wines. Get some, it's delicious. Um, And she and, and three of our other friends, we all met and we had a wonderful weekend together. And as a thank you gift, for and a, and a birthday gift because we all turned fifty this year. Um, I sent them all the same book, uh, and it is one of Maggie O'Farrell's book uh, books. You know, I love Maggie O'Farrell. I pretty much love everything that she's ever written. Um, but this one is called "This Must Be the Place," like the Talking Heads song, and uh, it is an, a brilliant book. And I really loved the idea of knowing that these other women were reading it at the same time I was, and we were having this same experience. So even if we were not able to connect and to make a time to discuss it, I just felt kind of good that we all were having a similar experience with it. And um, and hopefully we'll get to talk about it soon. But and my other friend, Lori, who lives in upstate New York, she and I are much. more, we're, we're reading really fast and at a clip, and we definitely make time to talk about the book. So we read another Maggie O'Farrell book called *The Marriage Portrait*, and we also read a book, a celebrity biopic called uh, *I'm Glad My Mom Died* by Jeanette McCurdy, which I was so surprised by, and I did a post on Instagram about it because I'm I'm kind of too old for her. I didn't watch the shows Sam and Cat and iCarly. She was on Nickelodeon shows. But I certainly know who she is in the zeitgeist sort of things. I know what Nickelodeon is. I know what years we're talking about. But this book really encapsulates the consumption of child stars in this industry and what happens to them, not just afterwards, but while their fame is growing and what it takes to get there especially when you're working in um big messy dysfunctional families and what is on the back of these particular actors and actresses and musicians and then pairing that with also the machinery of a large company like nickelodeon of course disney would would fall into that category as well but the quote from this book that has stuck with me her her mom Wanted her to sing the "You Are the Wind Beneath My Wings" for her funeral, and actually had her practicing it with uh, vocal coaches and everything up until the day she died. She was demanding that that during the service she sang this, and uh, she says, "I know in my heart that I'm incapable of singing this song, but I feel like I have to. I can't break the last promise I made to my dying mother." And it is such. Uh, almost a throwaway line, but it really encapsulates the entire book. And while it's not something that I would ever have picked up, I mean, people who know me, I read a lot of literary fiction, I read a lot of poems, I read a lot of sort of books about creativity and the writing process. But because I was reading it with a friend and we wanted to have something quick that we could get through in the summer and connect with each other more frequently, we sort of said, Hey, what about this book? And it was a perfect fit. And it was one of those books where you're surprised by how much there is to discuss. It's a very raw and vulnerable book. And I'm I'm astonished that she, she put it into the world and she was able to articulate her feelings in such a genuine way, in a, a very young voice. And you do get that sense, that eternal youth of the child actor as well. But... I did read a great deal off my summer reading guide, which is, of course, on my Substack, and you are welcome to use it for your fall re- reading guide. I, I'm not a big su- subscriber that summer reading is should be lighter than regular reading. I, I think summer is a great time to do deep dives into an author's backlist. I think it's a great time to read some nonfiction if you're traditionally a fiction reader or read some fiction if you're traditionally a nonfiction reader. I think it's a, just a good time to mix it up. Um, But I also wanted to say that I totally deviated from the five books that I said I was going to read. And the three that I can highlight for you that I did read that were not on the list were Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine, which is an older title, which I'm sure many of you have read. I I thought that was a brilliant book, and I really hope Gail Honeyman writes a a follow-up to it. The second one is by Elizabeth Winkler. It's a book called Shakespeare Was a Woman and Other Heresies, and it was a nonfiction book. But my favorite part about that book is her voice, is Winkler's own voice. It's nonfiction. It's written kind of like those eyewitness profiles in The New Yorker, where the writer will tell you about their research and tell you about how they came across the book or came across the letter or came across the building that um, is instrumental to their thesis. And when Winkler is talking as herself in the midst of these very elitist ideas about Shakespeare and who wrote Shakespeare that are being guarded um, as a, a marker of the preservation of all institutions, of universities in general, or literature in general, or the American dream, she is best when she is herself, when her writing is genuinely coming out of the authenticity of her experience, it cannot be beat. When we get into the sort of structure of how different earls might have had access to different travel um, and languages and um, connections to Shakespearean literature, and it kind of gets a little dry, but she brings this right back into her own astonishment Uh, at this experience, her own astonishment at how resistant the academia um, was to her questioning, to her very questioning and critical thinking about this topic. And I find it fascinating on so many levels that the idea of Shakespeare is more important to preserve than getting at the truth. And I really recommend it. And I would say if you haven't read Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin, that is a must read Um, for anyone, especially who has a teenager in the house. um, Even this is not a young adult book by any means. It is an adult contemporary fiction. But it talks about video games and the designing of video games in a way that finally makes me understand what it is my boys are after. When they play, when they connect, when they talk to each other about it, how excited they are by the music, by the designers, by the feeling they're left with after they play certain games. It makes sense to me now in a way it never did before. She elevates it as an art form by using the very archaic art form of literature and, and almost archaic art form of the novel at this point in uh, 21st century America, especially as we're sort of arguing about the role of AI and, and what's going to happen to literature and writing in general. So those are three that were not on my list, but I, uh, that I read that I think you should too. Um, but I want to, of course, know what you're reading. Currently on my bookshelf is Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsolver, which many of you have read and, of course, won the Pulitzer Prize. And uh, another recent read is Dharma of Poetry, which I I also want to do an entire episode on because it, it was a stunner and a great, great book by John Brenner. But I think what's important is to just do your check-in. How is the reading going? Do you have reading goals for 2023? We've got a lot of time left in the year, no matter what Target is telling us by putting Halloween stuff out already. You have plenty of time to read until... 2024. And I recently received a note um, from someone who is requesting a fall reading guide, and I have been working on that. So that will be up on the Substacks very soon. I think September 1st, I'll post it so you guys can shop for your fall books and I can hopefully join you in some of those discussions. But in the meantime, I really hope that you are well, that you've enjoyed your summer, that you're still enjoying the last days of it before. All of the rush of school supplies, shopping, and the eternal emails that never stop. My boys are starting two different schools this year, and so the amount of information coming at me is overwhelming. But I am taking it one step at a time, and I really hope that you carry a book with you wherever you go, and I hope you keep writing in the midst of it all. See you next time.